All right, my friends, thanks for tuning into the podcast, where, as always, we'll discuss the professional literature and the evidence-based protocol as they relate to the effective treatment of clinically significant anxiety symptoms. I'm Chris Lines, licensed psychotherapist and OCD spectrum disorders treatment specialist, and this, well, this is OCD Straight Talk. This podcast is made possible by NoCD. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure and response prevention, or ERP therapy, the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual, live face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed, specialty-trained therapists, and they accept most major insurance plans. To find out more about NoCD, visit nocd.com. That's nocd.com to book a free 15-minute call. For people in the state of Kentucky, you can go to kentuckyocd.com. That's K-E-N-T-U-C-K-Y-O-C-D.com and book a session with me. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, it's like the greater our need for certainty, the more we're going to do compulsions in an attempt to pursue it and ultimately achieve it. But then the harder we work to pursue and achieve certainty at the same time and correspondingly, the more aware that it's ever elusive and we still don't have it. And then you're kind of back to the beginning. The more you don't have it, the more there's a felt need to get it. But I think that when you get to the the end of that sort of uh, cyclical dynamic, you can turn around and see that the yellow brick road goes both ways. Like you can put energy and effort into not pursuing certainty. Uh, and what that ends up meaning cumulatively is that the less work you're putting into pursuing and ultimately achieving certainty, the more comfortable you are with the fact that you're not really sure what the future holds and and you don't really know what this sensation or or that thought means you know maybe uh but maybe not i i really don't know and for that to be uh, the end in and of itself i don't know what the future holds i don't know what that thought means i just know that i had a thought I just know that I have a sensation. I don't really know what they what they mean. So again, it's like the harder we're working at, at finding and achieving certainty, the, the more we find it's elusive. Correspondingly, the less there is an obsessional need to find it. You know, I think it's like that idea that when contamination OCDers will talk about feeling dirty, they just have this like gritty sensation on their hands and they just feel dirty. And you begin to get into some pretty objective questions like, uh, well, how dirty are you? And, and what germs specifically are on your hands? And then you might get into like how many of those germs are truly foreign to your biology and immune system versus being common to your environment. You know, and you begin to get into these questions like how dirty are you now before you wash your hands and how clean are you going to be afterward? And I'm not saying like, well, sort of, kind of, I mean, like objectively on a scale from zero to 10 and show me the proof, how dirty are you now and how clean are you going to be afterwards? And you, you get into these questions and very, very quickly you end up with a whole bunch of, uh, I don't, that's a good question. 
And when you get to that place, you sort of lay bare the idea that this whole thing is assumptional, right? I'm assuming that this gritty feeling means that I'm dirty because, you know, I touched that doorknob or, or this surface and, uh, well, that doorknob must be dirty because, you know, other people have touched it. Uh, and this surface has got to be rife with germs because, you know, it's in a public place. And since I touch them, certainly my hands are dirty. And that when I wash them, certainly they're, they're clean. The whole thing becomes assumptional. But again, the more I'm ruminating on what I've touched and, and seeking reassurance from my friends and, and hand sanitizing and washing my hands and avoiding touching surfaces when I can, you know, the more I'm doing that stuff as a way of trying to achieve a sense of comfort and certainty, the more I'm aware that I still don't have it because a second or two later, the whole process starts over again. And I'm once again aware that I feel gritty or I'm thinking that I'm dirty because of whatever it might be. And I have this urge to wash again. And then the reverse is also true that the more I work to resist hand washing and hand uh, sanitization, and the more I work to resist seeking reassurance and, and ruminating and, and avoiding and all those things, slowly but surely, both the less I become anxious and the less I have this need to achieve certainty. In other words, I become more comfortable with, eh, I don't really know. I don't know that this means that. I don't really know what the future holds. And you can do the same thing with the illness anxiety disorder. You know, the, the idea that, well, I have this sensation uh, and surely the sensation must mean that I have heart disease or, or cancer or, or some kind of disorder of the lungs. And, and, I, and I need to go to my, my PCP with my list of questions and, and I have to get the referral to see the specialist and, and the specialist needs to do the right test, right? And, and, and again, the harder I am in the pursuit of managing my anxiety, getting rid of my intrusive thoughts, and correspondingly achieving a final and ultimate sense of certainty that I'm okay, I'm not sick, and everything's going to be all right, the harder I'm pursuing that, the more I become aware that I still don't have it. Well, what if it was a false negative? Well, what if I went to go see uh, the wrong doctor or an incompetent doctor? You know, and then back to the PCP I go with a new set of questions and the hope for another referral to see a different doctor and get a different test and so on. And at some point I do indeed get a referral, but I get a referral to see a therapist and the therapist says, you got to fucking stop doing compulsions. No more doctor's visits, no more Googling, right? No more ruminating and body scanning. You got to stop all that shit. It's not helpful for you. It's getting you nowhere. It's not helping your anxiety and it's not changing your health situation regardless of what that may or may not be, right? And, and that's a fair point. And so as you do that again, over the course of time, the more you work to resist Googling and doctor visiting and body scanning and ruminating, over time, the less sensitive you become to the intrusive thoughts, the less urgent your need for ultimate certainty, you slowly become okay with not really knowing. I don't know what that means. I don't know what the future holds. Maybe I'll die a slow death of cancer. Maybe I'll die in a car accident. I don't know what the future holds, right? And again, you become okay with that. 
And the same thing can be true in the sexual orientation OCD case, where, where an individual walks into a bar or attends a party and, and sees a member of the same sex, and it's like, oh shit, do I find him attractive? Do I think that she's hot? You're right, and then there's these intrusive thoughts about like making out with her or sucking his dick or whatever it is, and it's like, oh fuck, I can't have this thought because this thought means that. So then I have to like avoid looking at the person or do a double take and, and double check. Well, well do, do I find him attractive? Do I, uh, do I want to make out with him? You know, do I want to go down on her or whatever the hell it is, right? It's like, eh, do I really want to do that? So that I'm seeking reassurance or I'm ruminating or I'm avoiding. And again, the idea is I'm attempting to arrive at this sense of, ultimate certainty that my sexuality is exactly what I've always thought it was and, and it's not changing and everything's okay. And, and I can't tell you the number of times I've had somebody say about whatever fear it is, whether we're talking about contamination fears or we're talking about illness, anxiety disorder fears or POCD or harm OCD, you know, I know that this thought's irrational. I know that I wouldn't do that. You know, it's like, no, what's irrational? is that you can do compulsions such that your fear is certainly not gonna happen, right? That's irrational. No amount of trying to eradicate uncertainty removes that which is possible. Then again, the more we work to embrace that which is, I suppose, possible, the less we become, you might say, obsessed with it. And this is where pillars three, four, and five hang together. Pillar three is, as you know, work to embrace uncertainty as opposed to somehow disconfirm beliefs. Pillar four is look for and find compulsions. And pillar five is, of course, work to stop those compulsions consistently. The more you prize certainty, the harder you're going to work to engage compulsions in attempt to achieve it. And therefore, the more you're going to solidify your symptom severity. The most effective way out of the woods is by embracing the reality that you don't know what this thought or that sensation means. You don't know what the future holds. There's just no way for me to know, regardless of how much effort and time I spend doing compulsions, I still don't know why I had that thought. I don't know what that thought means. I don't know what this sensation is. I, I still don't know what the future holds. I just don't know. And no amount of engaging the compulsions changes that. You see what I'm meaning to say? Uncertainty becomes your meal ticket to success in stopping the compulsions. It's embracing that which you hate. You hate uncertainty, but the reality of the situation is uncertainty becomes leverage that you can wield in working to successfully stop the compulsion and rob the OCD system of its much needed fuel. The name of the game is Stop Compulsions, Pillar 5, and the most meaningful way to pursue that end is through the front door of, I just don't know. Well, that's it for another episode of OCD Straight Talk. Feel free to reach out with any questions you might have to chrislines04 at gmail.com. If you found the podcast helpful, 
consider giving it a five-star rating or subscribing to OCD Straight Talk for structured help with your anxiety or OCD symptoms. Thank you.